0: The first vart that I had ever thought of on the Haggadah, I think I was in 12th grade if I'm not mistaken, one of my kids would at this point say T4, but it was a good vart and uh, I wanted to share it with you and maybe expand it a little bit and get some lessons out of it for our Pesach, Abarlin Letaiba. The says, Mitzchila Hayu The Originally, our forefathers were Avdeh They worshipped idols. Whoever this is referring to, it's not so clear. Some say it's referring to Terach, Avi Avram, but other people say he's not our Aviseinu. Maybe it's referring to Avraham Avinu in the early stage of his life, before he was able to discover the Rabbeinu Shalom. But whatever it means, mm-hmm. Our forefathers were in some way or form. And now, HaKadosh Baruch Hu has brought us closer to his Havidah. This bothered me because we know that the Gemara says that Maschel the Gnus and You're supposed to start the Agada, speaking about the Gnus, sort of uh, discussing the skeletons in the closet, as it were, talking about the fact that we were Zara and that things did not always look so good for us. And then eventually Messiah and to conclude on a high note with praise for the Rabbeinu Shalom about how we have been brought out of Mitzrayim and how we become a, a great nation and how we're still alive today and talking about it. But this seems a little soon to be discussing the Messiah in B'Shabach. We start, Maslach Begnos, M'tchilayb desire D'Zalayb Sin. What's this, the Asha of Kervana that seems to already be cutting to the chase, giving us a little bit of a of a of a sneak peek and as, as to what's going to happen at the end of the story that's not the way a good storyteller would would do things first you just build up the drama a little bit tell us about the avidavadizara tell about the Gnus a little bit until we were finally able to be brought out of mitzrayim and to uh become the nation that we became but why does it say right away the Aksha Karvana Dasai. There's a machelik Rambam and Ramban at the beginning of this week's Parsha, Parsha Svayikra. Parsha Svayikra is gonna probably be getting short shrift the Shabbos all across the globe because everybody all Rabbanim, I believe, are giving their Shabbos Haggadah this week, because next week is going to be, you know, craziness with Arapesha Shechalias B'Shabos. So I don't think too many Rabbis are going to be talking about Parashas Vayikra this week, but I just wanted to speak about it in the context of what we're speaking about today on this Vard of the Haggadah. Why do we bring karbanas, which is pretty much what Sefer Vayikra is all about? All these karbanas that the parsha talks about, and all the parashites we'll talk about, about the Ayla and about the Khatas, the asham, the shlamim, the Parhelm davashot, tzibar. What's, what's going on? Why are we bringing animal sacrifices? It doesn't sound like a, like a, a regular thing to do. Why would we be taking an animal, sacrificing on a mizbeach? It, it sounds like not almost. We're used to it, so it's a it's a from thing. But if you would take a step back and and, and look at it from a, an outsider's perspective, it seems a bit strange that we're taking animals and sacrificing these animals on an altar in the Beis Hamikdash. So it's really a machleik. It's a very fundamental machleik is between the Rambam and the Ramban. What the point of these karbanis are? What are we doing? The Rambam in Ma'arivuchem says something very surprising. He says that the point of karbanis—it's a very hard Rambam to understand—and that's why the Ramban completely doesn't like this pshat, but he brings it at the beginning of this week's parsha in his pirish. The Rambam writes that we were so enamored by Avediz Zara, Klal Yisrael were, from the Mitzrayim, from all the nations of the world. This was very in vogue. To sacrifice to their pagan gods, perform these rituals of bringing animals as sacrifices and sprinkling blood and wine and all of these types of, uh, of rituals the Jewish people in Egypt were very, very impressed by this. They were very taken by this notion of what, uh, of, of exactly what the Gayim are doing and how amazing it was. Now, Tos, it doesn't seem too attractive, but the whole Abedizara thing to us seems very strange. But back in the time, it was like the, the Taiva of the time. So just like today, we have our personal Taivas, which we don't have to discuss right now, but you know, our dar is very into Taibas Mashem B'chule that's, everybody's going Meshuggah over, and movies and, and, and uh, internet and this and that, everything is, is that and that we can very much understand so that's how it was by Rabbi at that time people were going crazy over Rabbi they weren't so much into the Taibas ha- Haguf, they were into the Machshava and into the, the seichel, and they felt this was very cool, this was very, it made sense to them to run after Avedezara, to bow down to idols, to to bring carbonus to them. And HaKadosh says the Rambam in his infinite wisdom understood that you can't just make people go cold turkey if this is what they're into. You can't just say, don't do this, you have to Replace it with something else. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I'm going to make a mitzvah of karbanis because I'm going to kasher this taiva that you have, this, this tremendous feeling that you are drawn to bring idols, to, to bring animals as sacrifices to God, I'm going to make that as part of my Torah also. That's going to be a mitzvah in the Torah, or many mitzvahs in the Torah, to bring karbanis to HaKadosh Baruch in order to substitute, in order to provide a replacement interest for what you're going to be missing by, by, by becoming part of Tal Yisrael. I can't just say, okay guys, there's no avedazar, there's no carbonus. That's the Gayim's thing. We don't do that. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, you, I can't do that with you. Because you're you're too involved with that, you're too into it. You think it's so amazing. So I'm going to make my own karban it's going to be holy. We're going to do it in a holy way. But the point of karbanis, according to the Rambam, is Frushime sura, to take you away from the israel of edzara and to kasher it. I'm going to say there's a mitzvah of karbanis. Adam karban. It's a, it's a it's an amazing Rambam. It needs a lot of explanation, and a lot of the Mepharshim are very troubled by it, but no Mepharshim is more troubled by it than the Ramban. The Ramban sees this as being, what's the Ramban talking about? He's very sharp. He's very strongly worded against the Rammi He says, I don't know what the Ramban is talking about. You're telling me that this whole sefer of the Torah just came in order to... to uh, in order to, as he puts it, like to to remove a person from a from an ugly practice, so we're giving mitzvahs about carbonus to to make sure that you don't go into a in, in, into an aveidazara mode. We're trying to wean you away. That's what karbanis is all about. He says Admarishin. He brought the first carbon. He brought a carbon either the day that he was born. The Ramam says that. That as soon as he was Nivra, he, he, he brought a carbon. Or maybe the day after, according to other Medrashim, but he brought a carbon right away. Now there was no a Zara in the world at that time. There was only admarish and Hashem, that was it. So there were no pagan rituals at that point, but yet he brought a carbon. Clearly, it's not so easy just to say carbonus, it's for Afushimei Surah. Nayaf brought a carbon right after the Mabul. That says mafurish in the Torah. Adam's carbon is not mafurish. That's just chazal. But Noach, black and white in the Torah, Noach brought Karbanus Hashem after the Mabo. How would he bring a carbon to HaKadosh after the Mabo if it's all there's no Havidah there? They weren't Avidah Or if they were, after the Mabo was a new a clean slate, there was no... Noach was not Lohot ach V'Azara. He wasn't he wasn't running after Abdizar that we needed to he needed to bring a carbon to like wean himself away from it. That doesn't make sense, asks the Ramban. And he asks a few other questions. And basically, the Ramban comes to the conclusion that a carbon is from a lash to be kariv, to be close to Akharish How do you become close to Akharish Well, we have sins, and when we bring a carbon, what we're doing is we're saying that the flesh of the carbon that I'm bringing should be instead of my flesh. The blood of the carbon should be instead of my blood. And it's sort of like uh, bringing yourself on the Mizbeach, sacrificing your own self to Hashem, and by doing so, via the carbon, via this animal, you get exceedingly close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Averis are removed, you have atonement, but even the Carbonists that are not lachaper, like for example a shlomim. Carbon shlomim is not as a kapara. It's not like a chatas or an asham or an ayla. It's just to get close to Akedat I love you, Hashem. I'm bringing a carbon. The carbon is like me. I'm getting vicariously closer to you through the bringing of the carbones. So says the Ramban. This is a fundamental machlaikis Rambam and Ramban. What is going on with these Karbanas in Sefer Vayikra? And it's Kedai to just talk about that alone, if not for anything else. But getting back to our question about what the Haggadah means when it starts, we started out as being idol worshippers. The Akshav Karabanah, Makhmavidase, now Kedesh brought us closer to the Tizavaydah. To and we asked, well, that's very nice, but that's already giving away the store too early. You're you're cutting to the chase. You're telling us already what the Messiah and is. And that's not the way it should be. And what I would want to suggest is that maybe what the Baal means is you want to know how bad it was our forefathers were so attached to whoever our forefathers were. I was saying, you know how bad it got? The Ahshav Karvana Makam HaVaidasri. It's so it was so bad the taiva for Avaidazara that our forefathers had, that Akrishparku had to bring us close to his Avaida. What does Abvaida mean? Avaida sa karbanis. Avaidama HaMikdash. We were given a whole safer. Perhaps I think the, the bulk of the safer mitzvahs, the bulk of the tarag mitzvahs probably revolve around these karbanis. Every karban with their own mitzvah, every Every uh, so much, so many Averis involved. If you mess up the carbon with pigol and with Nysar and shchutei chutz, all these different averus that might come about by messing up the carbones. There's there are literally dozens and dozens and dozens mitzvahs and averas that are given, all because we were at first, according to the Rambam, oved Zarah, to the degree that HaKadosh Baruch Hu needed to give us this whole parashlech abundance only in order to lure us away from that, so we would not be having this taiva for Rabbi So it's not a, a glimpse into the future of how great HaKadosh Baruch Hu is tonight. It's a glimpse of how bad the past was. We were so into Rabbi Dezara that HaKadosh Baruch Hu needed to bring us closer to him through through his aveda, because it was a substitute for the avedizara that Klal Yisrael were very, very impressed by. Notice that the lashon of the Balagada is the achshav of hamakim la'beidashei. It's not just that Hakadosh Baruch Hu gave us the aveda, but it's almost like in a nod to the Ramban. The Ramban says that it's a kirva thing, that karbanis is from Lashen of Karayv. The Balagada I think, is alluding to both elements, the Rambam and the Ramban, at the same time. The Avedas hakarbanis was LaFrushe Meisura. But there's also an element of karvanu. HaKadosh through the bringing of karbanis through the Mitzvah hakarbanis brings us close to him brings us very near to him you know the Meshachachma brings this machleik between the ram Rambam, the Rambam and the ramban and he sort of is machria he he brings he says they're both right they're both right the ram is right and the ramban is right he says it depends what we're talking about the buma which is like the private altars the backyard altars that we used to have before the beis hamikdash or after the Mishkan, at certain times in history, we had private Mizbechis called Bamis. That was only in order to be Mafrish people from Isr, because of V'edazara. The base Hamikdash, when the Beis Mishra was built, it's different. That's for Takarish HaKadosh That's how, And he proves that that's what he, uh, he wanted to say. I was thinking to say a little bit differently, that really the Rambam is right and the Ramban is right. But it all depends on where we're holding in our lives. The Rambam is saying that the point of karbanis is a Surmeyrat, to take us away from bad. We're interested in and but it to re, replace that interest with something holy. The Ramban is saying, karbanis is not a Surmeyrat. Karbanis is an Asetayv. Look at the karbanis as a way to get close to HaKadosh Baruch in the positive. And I was thinking that maybe both are true, but it all depends on our perspective. What do we need in life? Do we look at things as a sur meh Is that where we're holding in life? That, okay, I got to do this because, you know, I need it because I have an addiction. I, I'm addicted to what I desire. I have to replace that addiction with something else. Okay, karbanis. Or... Maybe I don't have that addiction. Maybe it's not a time that I need Karbanas, or I'm not a person that needs From I don't have any interest in Abed Says the Ramban, okay, then great. If you don't need it for that, then let's look at it from a different perspective. Let's look at it in the positive as a way to get closer to the Rabban Shalom. It's two sides of the same coin. They don't have to necessarily be arguing. Both Elo ve elo could be exactly right. It just depends who we are. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is giving this to us, and depending on our personal needs, we could use it either way. We could use it as a tool in order to wean ourselves away from Havadah Zara, or we could use it, if we don't need that tool, we could use it in a positive manner to propel ourselves closer to the Ravadah Shalom's The Aksha Kervanu hamakim Havadah there's an element of kirva, and at the same time, there's a place of, in order to be ourselves from the avayda zara, he made us do this avayda. But it all depends on who we are, where we're holding in life. The yant of Pesach, Rabbi Say, I look at it in the same exact way. There's a surmeyrah element to Pesach, and there's an taive element to Pesach, and depending on where we're holding personally, we'll look at Pesach as as different. It's the same Yantiv, but two different people can look at it in two different ways, just like two different people can look at the carbon in two different ways. And by the way, it's not accidental that the carbon Pesach was the central theme of the Yantiv of Pesach. Everything surrounded the carbon Pesach. Now we don't have one, unfortunately, but, it's in Arabim, but when the base image was around, the whole Avvaida was the carbon Pesach. How many mitzvahs are involved in the carbon How many lessons do we take from the carbon Pesach? Pesach is a time like the carbon Pesach, or like all carbon, it all depends where we're holding to understand the, the element of the Yantif. And let me explain. If you would take a man on the street interview, a poll, and ask people what they think of Pesach when you ask somebody what do you think about Pesach you'll get different answers depending on who you're asking when you're asking people that are not holding in in Kedusha, in Tara in Yam Taivim, in the world of Mayadim they look at Pesach as the worst 8 days of the year or 9 days of the year 8 days of the year they look at it as a as a as a very you know problematic time. We have no pizza. We have to clean our rooms. We have to uh, put silver foil over our steering wheel. We have to uh, you know do everything that uh, uh, you know. It, it's it's very hard. Have to eat matzahs. I can't eat my pizza. I can't. I, I, how am I going to get through this? This day, this year is a three day Yom Tov Rosh You know you have Shabbos coming two days. It's like. You, you know, if you were not, if you just were an alien landing from, from Mars and you hear the way some people talk about it, three day yonder, you think it's like, you know, Tisha B'Ap, you know, cubed. I had a friend who was a, uh, he was an elder He was dating for quite a while. He was already in his 30s and he was in yeshiva with me. I was young, and you know, he was—he uh, was already in his thirties. We were very close, and he—he uh, he was going out with a girl. And finally, like he found the girl, he liked her a lot. It was going really, really seriously, and the whole issue was like davening for him that it should work out because he was, you know, his mid-thirties already. He needed to get married. And one night he came back from the to the dorm. He was. Uh, you know, came back from a date, and he looked a little depressed. I said, how'd the date go? He said, it's over. I said, what happened? It was around this time of year. He says, well, we were talking about this, we were talking about um, Pesach, and we were talking about matzahs, came up in conversation, what type of matzahs, uh, hand matzahs, machine matzahs, what type of hand matzahs, whatever, and she made an off-the-cuff statement, this girl, I hate matzahs. I hate matzo That's what she said. He says, at that moment, I, I said, I cannot marry this girl. You could say that matzahs don't agree with me, uh, you know, Gastronomically, it doesn't. You know, they they hurt my stomach. Okay, that's a fair statement to make. You could say that. You know, matzos are. Uh, you know, it's not good for the teeth. Sometimes I. You know, but to say that I hate matzos, I cannot marry a girl that says she hates matzos. How do you say the word hate and matzos in the same sentence? Now I don't know if that guy made the right decision. He's still not married, by the way, and that's now he's in his 60s, probably. But so maybe it was just he was looking for some parrots. But I think there was a valid point. I don't remember what my reaction was at the time. I probably thought he was crazy, but looking back at looking back, there was validity to what he was saying. If you're saying that you hate matzahs, or that you don't know how you're going to get through a Pesach without your pizza, without your whatever. You're looking at the Yant of a Pesach for the Lavin, for the Sur Meirah. You're looking at it as just, uh, all right, you know, God wants me to do this. I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to take the bullet for God and I'm going to do this yunt of a cold Pesach. Do I like it? No. Do I want to do it? No. But I'll do it. That's one way of looking at it. You know, there's a, a great Hasidah Shavart. It says, mm-hmm. Lech bamidbar what, Come after me, follow me in, into the Midbar. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to Klai Yisrael, You followed me in the Midbar, Be'aretz, in a land, that wasn't planted, meaning you, you went out into a desert for me. So the Chassidah Shavard is that you went out, the Eretz, loy zeruah. You took us into a terrain that was planted with light. The Eretz Lai It was planted with the, with the word light. All we see in the Torah is Lavin. Everything is, I can't do this, I can't do that. Shabbos, I, I can't use my phone on Shabbos. I can't drive my car on Shabbos. I can't watch movies on Shabbos. I can't uh, write. I can't uh, talk on the phone. What's going on? I, don't, I, don't, I need. I, I need. I need. I can't do this. People look at it as an eretz Zeruah. They look at Yiddishkeit as all the things that I can't do. The sur Meirah. I, I got to just stay away from, from the things that I can't do. And that's all I see. Like the carbon from the Rambam's perspective. I, I'm I'm addicted to stuff. All right, I'm I'm gonna I, I'll bring a carbon because that will hopefully get me away from what I can't do. But it, it's what I can do. And then there's another way of looking at Pesach, and that's Lechatchacharayba Midbar Beretz the simple meaning of the pasuk. Kla Yisrael in their great love, in their great dedication. Takudeshbarchu followed him into a midbar. Now we have to think about that for a second. A lot of times, like we don't stop and think about what's going on because we're so used to it from children, the storyline that we know it already. But think about that for a second. If I would tell you that, hey, you want to come with me on a on a on a trip? I don't know where are you going. Well, it's going to be like uh, I don't know exactly when we're gonna, where we're going. We're gonna go into the midbar. We're i am gonna drive into you know some desert in, in Arizona. Okay. Uh, what are we gonna eat? I don't know. No, no plan. I I'm, are you packing food? You, no food. We don't know yet what we're, we're things. will 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 we'll, we'll see how things unfold. Um, okay. Any uh, any stores around? Any malls? Any any uh, you know pizza? Some, no everything. You just follow me blindly. Imagine doing that. Now imagine millions and millions of people together doing that. Walking into a Midbar without any plan, other than the fact that Hashem told Meishra Abenu to follow me. Moshcheni. Acherecha narutza. Pull me, says Klai Yisrael, and I will run after you. Be'aretz I'm gonna, I'm going to go into this desert for you. That's an amazing act of Masiris Nefesh that we, we don't understand how great that is. Pesach for so many people is not a time of what you can't do, what you can't eat, where you can't go. It's a time of love. It's an unconditional bond with the Rebbe Nishayom. Don't look at it as an abayda. Don't look at it as the Russia of Maha, abayda there's so much Avedah here. It's, it's too laborious for me. But you put the stress on the Karavanu. You brought us near. You loved us. You took us out of Mitzrayim because you loved us. You loved us. The infinite God in the world loves us. Imagine that for a second. Hashem loves us. Now we might not understand that, what that means, even, but there is a cosmic love that exists between Hashem and us. When I say us, I mean you, and I mean me. Every individual in Klal whether we're a chacham, a rasha, a has a tremendous love for us. The love was really began. In Mitzrayim, on Pesach, that's when this love affair started. And that's what Shirashirim, which is what we lean on Pesach, is all about. And by the way, after the after the shmooze is over, everybody's going to get a copy of my Pirush on Shirashirim, Shirashalevi, only if you're here. So it was a good move to come. You should see what I'm going to give out next month. Um but the Shiashirim is a love story. My father Elvishalm, used to say that he had a friend in Yeshiva who had a maybe I, I should probably clean this up for um, but this is what he used to say that he had a friend in yeshiva that was dating a girl and he was madly in love with her, if I may say so. And he wanted to like express his ava for her in like a, in like in, in a certain way. So what he did was he had a postcard, which was very popular in those days. Very few people use them anymore today. But a postcard is basically the size of maybe like an index card. He wrote the entire Sefer Shira Shirim in micrograph, in like very small handwriting on a postcard and sent it to her. I really hope it got to her, because that's a lot of work. <coughs> because the simple taich of Shira shirim is a love story. Now, if you look in the art scroll translation, like in the Siddur, every Siddur has a, a Shira shirim right before minchan Shabbos, because a lot of people have minha, have a minute to say shirah shirim before minchan Shabbos, them especially, but... If you look in the Arts Girl translation of Shir Ashirim, it's not too graphic, it's not too exciting, because they sort of take Rashi's interpretation of Shir Ashirim and clean the whole thing up. But if you if you ever get your hands on like a a, a plain translation of Shir Ashirim, it's like almost you, you don't want to you can't you feel like I shouldn't be reading this. It's very graphic in a in a, in a literal sense, and obviously that's not what Shlaim intended when he wrote it, but. It is a love story. After all the Rashi's and after all the Chazal that give the, the real interpretation of what, what Shlem HaMalch meant, but on the very literal level, it's a love story between a man and a woman. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu's love for Klal Yisrael and HaKadosh Baruch Hu's love for Hashem is the greatest love story that was ever told and ever existed in the history of the world. In fact, there are Svaram that write that the reason why the concept of love exists in this world between a man and a woman, and basically isn't that what every novel and what every movie and what every play and Shakespeare, isn't that really what it's all about? It's all about a love between a man and a woman. Why is there this romance, this, this element of romance in the world of love? So the reason, says the Svarim is because HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted the human heart to understand how to love Him. If we're able to understand the love of a woman, then we could extend that same feeling, that same sensation of love, now, if you think what I just said is blasphemy, I'd like to share with you a Rambam in Hilchas Tshuva, Perak Yud Halacha Gimel, and he says as follows: The Ketzad Ava What is the appropriate love for Hashem? There's a mitzvah of Ava Hashem. How do you do that exactly? You send God flowers. What, what is, how do you do? How do you love Hashem? Who Ava Yisera Azamayim. You love Hashem with an exceeding, great, and very strong love. So that his soul is tied and bound to the love of Hashem. Finding himself in a constant tremor. Finding himself in a constant tremor as if he were suffering from lovesickness. If a person is infatuated with a, with a girl, with a woman, he can't stop thinking about that woman. That's the reality. That's the way the Ava should be between HaKadosh Baruch and Kala Yisrael. If we have Ava Hashem properly, we should be obsessed with loving Hashem, obsessed about Him at all times, lovesick. Bein be shiftai, whether we're sitting, bein be whether we're standing, bein when we're eating, when we're drinking, you're always thinking about that girl, and that's how it should be with Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Hashem. Nay, more than the avah that a man has for a woman should be the love that you have for Hashem. Believe I you were thinking about him constantly with all our hearts, with all our souls, this is what Shleim Melch writes in Shira Shirim, that I am lovesick. He wasn't talking about a girl. He was talking about HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I am sick with love for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I can't stop thinking about you. Shira Shirim says the Raman. The whole Shira Shirim is a muscle. Don't underst- don't misunderstand what Shir Hashirim is. It's not about a sensual love that exists between a man, a physical man, and a physical woman. It's about the sensual love that exists between the Rebbeinu Shlom Kav Yechil and Klal Yisrael. If you read Shir Hashirim from cover to cover, which by the way you have to in order to get the copy, I'm joking, but um, you you see that it's not a, a perfect love story. It's not like okay, they lived happily ever after. You know, they they you know they loved each other and it was perfect from then on. That's not the way it happens. I don't want to give away the, the end of the story here, but there's a lot of ups and downs in Shir Hashim. You have times that are tremendous with Av. You have times in history, and this is really a history lesson because it takes us from the from Mitzrayim, Pesach. Through Mount and then it takes us through the times that we were in the Midbar, and then we went there to Sral, and then it took us into the time of the Binyin on Mikdash, and then it sort of takes a crash dive into Chorbin Beis Mikdash. It alludes to Purim between the two Bate Mikdash, then we come back to the second on Mikdash, and it describes that, and then we have Chanukah alluded to in the middle. And then, and then the second Chorban ultimately will end with Mashiach, but it's like a roller coaster ride, and that's really what love is. Love is not a perfect existence. That doesn't happen. Not even in Hollywood does that happen. It, 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 there's ups and downs. There's times that things are great, times that things are really lousy, times where things are in the middle. But ultimately, there's a tremendous love that always exists between HaKadosh Baruch and Chal Yisrael at all times we sin and then we suffer and then we do tshuva and then we come back and then we sin again we suffer sort of like what we do in our daily lives but that should not shake the ava, the ava always stays firm believe ayavav Rabbi Kiva says in the introduction to Ashirim, and Rashi brings it in his introduction to Shir Shirim. Kidai Kiyam by The whole world was not worthy as much as it was worthy the day that Shirashirim was given to Clay Yisrael. Shekal Haksuvim all the other books of Tanakh are holy. The Shir Hashirim Kaidesh Kadashim. is Khadesh, it's the holy of holies. Of all the books of Tanakh, amazing. Says of Victor Miller something that only he would be allowed to say. If I would, if I would say this, they'd probably a- ask me to find a new job. Or listen to what Rabbi Victor Miller said. Rabbi Victor Miller said that Dafka Rabbi Akiva was the one that said this about Shirashirim. That Shirashirim is the Holy of Holies more than any other Sefer. You know why? Because Rabbi Akiva of all Tana'im, of all Amayroim, Understood what selfless love was all about. He understood it. He was married to the daughter of Kalba Savuah. Rabbi Akiva was, by his own admission, amharetz. It's not my words, it's the Gemara. He was in amharetz. The first 40 years of his life, he learned very little. And then he had a, an epiphany at one point. Chazal say he saw the water dripping on a rock, and that made an impression on him. M'kule he started learning and then he married the daughter of Kalba Savuah who was the best Shidduch in, in the world she was the daughter of the richest Kavir in Yerushalayim Kalba Savuah that the Gemara speaks about in Gittin and he did not want the Shidduch the father said who you bring, you bring like a simple guy that doesn't know anything, why don't you get the, the best guy in Lakewood, what, what, do, you, what do you need to be Ben Yasef for Akiva for I'll get you any guy you want. It's not a problem. What do you need him for? She saw in him something special. She married him against her father's wishes. Her father disowned her as a result of this. It wasn't pleasant. They had to live in abject poverty on a straw pile, pile of straw. They didn't have mattresses. They didn't have beds. They didn't have anything. They were so poor but they had the love between one another. And she committed her life to him and he committed his life to her. And then when he was successful with his endeavors and he came back, he had, he had 24,000 Talmidim. He said to all of them, All that we have, all that's mine and all that's yours is hers because of what she gave me with her unconditional love. Eventually, by the way, the Gemara says that Kalba Savuah was materneder and he basically gave all of his money to Rabbi Akiva and his wife and and uh, they became very wealthy. But this was a love story. Rabbi Akiva understood what selfless, unconditional love means and therefore Rabbi Akiva was the one of all the Tana'im to say that the story of Shir Ashirim, the Megillah of Shir Ashirim is the holy of holies. Because he understood what love was. We could look at Pesach as a time of Aveda. I have to go home, I gotta shop, I gotta schlep, I gotta clean, I gotta buy the matzahs, I gotta eat the and the uh oh, the Dalekaises, oh my gosh, three day yontif, shirashirim, uh, yeah. All right. Well, well. You know, Jews have gone through other wor- other terrible things in history. We can get through the next week. That's one way of looking at Pesach. That's the Sur way of looking at Pesach, focusing on the Abaydah, Zayis Or we could look at the yant of a Pesach for what it really is. It's the Kervanu. It's the fact that Hakadosh Baruch Hu brings us close to Him on Pesach people that are receptive to this, people that understand the true nature of what Pesach is, don't look at Pesach as a, as a chore. They look at Pesach as an opportunity of tremendous Ava. If you look in the, in the siddur Hagrah, somebody once pointed this out to me, when it says, Ahafta Ban Ramtan each of them is a reference to a different one of the Shalash Regalim that we say, this Atav on, and the gloss says that when it says Ahav to that's the Yantav of what? Pesach. Because Pesach is about Abba Sashem. It's all about Abba. It's about love. If you're interested in loving Hashem, you will find no better time to work on this love and to foster this love and to endure yourself to Hashem and to be able to feel the Iris of Pesach coming down on you no greater time to do that than Pesach. It's a question that we have, and it defines not just what Pesach is, it helps us define ourselves. Because if we find ourselves now thinking about Pesach in the negative, like many people do, that says more about us than it does about Pesach. It speaks about how we have an attitude of that we look at it like, okay, we have, we're addicted to our taivists, to our pizzas, to our movies, to our, so we have to, uh, you know, all right, we'll get through it, but, you know, I'll use, uh, I'll use Pesach as a way to, to, to break some of my bad habits. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. But there's, by doing that, we're missing out on the whole story, on the whole purpose of Pesach. Pesach is one word, Pesach is Ava. It's a love that exists between HaKadosh Baruch and K'lai Yisrael. It's the Abbas Kul Eiseiach. It's the love that happened at our early stage in history. The nuptials, the time that we first, so to speak, met HaKadosh Baruch and loved him and he loved us. And we committed ourselves to him, to going into that Midbar, against all odds, with no provisions, no promises, other than the fact that HaKadosh Baruch said, Come. And Klai Yisrael responded, arecha narutza, Just draw me and I'm going to come after you. I will follow you to the ends of the world. And that's what Pesach is all about. Somebody asks you in one word what Pesach is, it's Ava. It's only Ava. If you're interested in a relationship with the Rabbi Yisrael, Pesach is your yamtiv. Pesach is your time to work on just that. And there's so many tools. The matzah is not a terrible thing to hate. The matzah is de amnusa. It's food of Amunah. You eat matzah, you take in matzah, and the love and the amunah and everything goes in, inside of you. It's one of the few mitzvahs that we have to ingest something, to bring something into ourselves. We don't have carbonus anymore. We used to have a mitzvah to eat carbonas. What's the only cheftzav mitzvah that we have? Obviously, there's a mitzvah to eat stuff, like on other Yom Taivim and on Shabbos, they have a mitzvah to eat, but it's eating whatever we're eating. There's nothing specifically prescribed to eat. Comes Pesach, eat matzah, eat merer, drink the Dalet Kaises. We're ingesting all of the mitzvahs inside of us. It's a rare opportunity to bring the mitzvahs into our our, into our kirbayim, into our innards. We're bringing HaKadosh Baruch Hu, The love goes in. It seeps into every pore, but we have to be receptive to that. Mitzvah Hashem. This is the greatest bracha that we could have, is to be able to fully realize what Pesach is. And that separates a Benteira from the rest of the universe. Everybody else, you'll hear a lot of chatter and talk about all this type of thing, the negatives of Pesach and how, how, how difficult it is. But we know, we don't have to respond to that. We don't have to like disabuse people of their notions if that's what they want to think. If that's how their perspective, we could try to... But for ourselves... For ourselves, as we enter into the Yantav of Pesach, into this rarefied airspace of Pesach, for us to really understand what it is, not what it's not, but what it is, is our Avaida. The Avaida is the Karavanu, the Karavanu, to bring us close to you, Hashem. You gave us this tremendous Yantav to reenact what happened. It's also the only Yantiv that we have to I have to believe myself that I went out of Egypt because it's a time to reenact this love. It's a time to role play and to once again step into the shoes of Kal Yisrael as they left Egypt and realize the love that they must have had for Akadosh to leave Egypt. It's a tremendous opportunity that we have on Yantiv. Of Pesach, and it's an opportunity that we give over to our children. olavincha, because love can be given over to a child. And if they don't hear it from their father, then it's not gonna be with that same love. And when we're fathers in Mirzash, and we have to remember to give over the story with tremendous love for because the love of a parent to a child is the love that HaKadosh Barfuh has for us. And the love of a child to a parent is the love that we should have to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Hashem, we should be zeichet to to experience the Eres HaPesach, the great lights illuminating upon us on Pesach. If you feel it, if you're into it, you'll feel it. If you're not into it, it'll just be another meal, the Seder. But if you feel it, you'll feel the special nature. You'll feel the, the, the tremendous iris of Pesach illuminating, warming, bringing you closer, bringing the family closer to the Rabbi Nishleon. This year, the Mashiach should come. And we should be able to be zaycheh to eat from the actual carbon Pesach, not just la fruche Isur, like the Ramam says, but really because we want to get closer to the Rabbeinu Shalom. We want to use the Karbanis, and we want to use the Seder, and we want to use the Mitzvah HaLailah and the entire Yom as a vehicle, not just to stay away from Lavin, the Eretz Lo'y but to actually enter into this Beautiful terrain of Eretz Le-Zeruah, of a place of pure amuna, that even though we don't always have a plan, we don't understand what Akedat Shemarahu is doing, but we trust him like we always trusted him, and just like in Mitzrayim, it turned out to be the greatest decision that Klal Yisrael made to throw our entire bundle on him and to trust him fully. Whenever we do that with our own personal lives, to begin to stop making all of the complicated Heshpinas, how are we going to be able to do this? We have to do that and you know, with our lives, with our careers, with our thing, you know, we're we're so busy trying to to calculate everything, but there's also an element that we have to throw everything on the limb and say, I have to do my ishtabus, but Akarishparko, I'm trusting you. I don't know how I'm gonna be able to pull this off. I don't know. If I'm going to pay for these things. I don't know. If I'm going to do these things. I don't know how. To, but lech have midbar laser, I'm going to. I'm going to follow you because I love you. It's Hashem. We should be to have a beautiful yontif, and should be to all of the opportunities that the yontif of Pesach affords each and every one of us.